Hello, and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insights and analysis through the lens of sustainability on the topics that really matter to investors. In this episode, we'll be discussing European financials. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm joined today by Hirun Knoll, Portfolio Manager for European Large Cap Equities and a specialist on European financials, so that's helpful. Welcome, Hirun, and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Daniel. It's uh, very exciting to be here with you today. So we think about perhaps investor attitudes towards European financials over the last few years. And I think there probably was a point uh, a while ago when uh, policy rates and real interest rates were negative that you probably couldn't sell European financials for any price. Uh, weren't particularly uh, beloved. There was a reason for that. Performance had been poor. Profitability wasn't fantastic. But uh, 450 basis points later, thanks to the ECB, clearly the perspective and the outlook is quite different. And if we look at the performance, or at least the earnings performance we've had over the last few quarters, European banks have been reporting record profits, and as I mentioned, certainly helped by higher policy rates from the ECB. So can you talk about, I guess, the the profitability that we've seen and, and maybe touch on the topic Are they, as we say, over-earning, meaning is this a level of profits that they can sustain? I think, indeed, some of your concerns are valid. In the course of August, we've seen interest rate expectations being lowered a little bit. And the question for European banks now is, will net interest income continue to grow? And this is a quite a pertinent question, as European banks, as you can imagine, with uh, the tailwind of higher interest rates has been quite a popular area uh, for a change to invest in for the past few years. I do agree that the scope for very large earnings upgrades within the sector has partly finished. However, I think, and and we are a mid to long-term investor, I should say, I think that we can have a pullback, but that it will be temporary. And that works through further support on the earnings per share side and through valuation. So, first of all, if you think about interest income for banks, the ECB, in contrast to maybe other central banks in the world, like in the US, is not done yet. And it's quite likely or expected that we'll have another interest rate hike in October. And then also, maybe more mechanically, if you think about interest rate income for banks, yes, we had most of the gains on the back of banks paying no or only very low deposit rates to clients. And that's probably less sustainable, but mechanically thinking, if you think about the loan book, higher interest rates are pretty helpful for banks, but they cannot instantly increase the rates on these loans. That will be a gradual process of, on average, taking five years' time. So, And we're only two years into this process. So they will continue to have a tailwind on revenue from higher interest rates. On average, it d- depends a little bit on, on per bank and per country. And also many banks still have hatching policies still in place that will continue to pay out where they have hatched interest rates and that will continue to pay out over the next few years. So there's quite a few reasons for interest income resilience. And that is in the prospect, in a relative sense, quite helpful if you think about other industries in Europe that are facing some challenges as we go into a macroeconomic slowdown. And then, apart from higher interest rates, banks have been earning less from non-interest income over the past few years. 
and that should come back as asset management regains favor again, which is a big source of income for quite a number of banks. Also, the market has been concerned about credit quality, so charges on bad loans, but it seems that we're averting a recession and that these costs for bad loans may not come true. So that will, or not in the same extent as the market was expecting before. So there, there's some support for earnings. And, and I should say, most importantly, the share count continues to go down. And that's actually what I want to bring home as well, is that European banks operate with historically strong capital positions that are four percentage points higher than their minimum required ratios. And even despite having that, they also produce attractive dividend yields of 6.5% at this stage that are being topped up by pretty sustainable buybacks that represent another four percentage points. So in total, banks will return about 10% of capital for each of the next few years to, to shareholders. And that, of course, helps if you think about fairly resilient revenue trends, as I explained earlier, that will continue to help. You've talked then about why profitability has been so strong over the last few quarters. Are you worried, though, that it's really too far above what's sustainable for the banks? Well, I actually think that profitability and the levels of profitability is at this stage is far more sustainable than it was for European banks for most of the past decade. The thing is that banks, European banks have had a lot of regulation to deal with, but that's quite a number of years ago in contrast, to, for example, to US banks that are facing that now. But also they've been far more capital efficient by now. They've restructured their balance sheet, they're less capital heavy, and they simply became better stewards of capital. Uh, next to that, they have uh, improved on their cost efficiency. As you can imagine, the, the sector lends itself quite well for digitalization. So that has helped to push uh, staff and branch costs down. And We've also seen, I think, more discipline because there's a higher cost of doing business for them. There's higher liquidity rules. There's compliance costs. And that creates a bit of a barrier to entry. In addition, in Europe, especially for the banking sector in Europe and less so for, for instance, non-European banks, the requirements on the ESG side, so on the sustainability side, are quite high. And European banks jumped on that quite early on. They're actually advising clients to become greener and they're quite restrictive in their, their lending in that sense as well and need to support clients to increase their green credentials. Again, this creates a bit of a barrier to entry. And all this combined supports the returns and profitability of banks. So I would argue, actually, that if you think we had a bit of a, a hump in profitability, I, I would say that, yes, higher interest rates help, but banks will be more profitable than they have been for most of the past decade. Sounds like it's a good news story that in terms of their earnings, of course, it always depends on what price you pay uh, to get access to those earnings as an investor. So let's talk a bit about valuations. Uh, I think some investors are concerned the valuations are too high at this point. What's your view? I would say it's almost entirely the opposite. The thing is that, as you said earlier, bank earnings have been growing at a remarkable level, at record levels over the past number of quarters. But somewhat surprisingly, bank share prices, and that also is a factor of market sentiment, has not kept up with that 
earnings growth and so the sector has derated. The issue is that banks ever since the financial crisis traded at a discount to the market and if you look at valuation now since it has derated further we're still very close to the troughs of the financial crisis that we've seen or the weakest point in terms of sentiment of the past 15 years in terms of valuations. I mean we're trading at a price earnings multiple next year of a little more than six times and that's half of where the European market is. The tangible book value is 0.9 times so that's a discount to tangible book while profitability okay it hasn't been great for quite a long while but it's now over 12 percent the return on book which is quite supportive i would say and doesn't justify such multiples on top of that you also get these dividend yields and buybacks that i talked about earlier so yes if interest rates start to plateau or come down a little bit i do think we'll see some temporary weakness in bank share prices but there's lots of valuation support still Of course, we want to present a balanced picture, and we started out with the the positive view, certainly in terms of earnings. I think another one that people are certainly thinking about these days is the outlook for commercial real estate. You know, is there a chance that we're going to see uh, a replay, so to speak, of the global financial crisis where we had, you know, housing mortgage debt that was on banks' balance sheets that that had to be written down? How worried should we be about commercial real estate debt that's on the balance sheet of the banks in Europe and in the U.S. today? Where the worries of commercial real estate originating from, it's because the stock of office buildings with working from home has gone up. Higher interest rates are often not great for these leveraged developer and property balance sheets. And then stricter environmental standards for buildings also affect the stock of properties negatively. The reality is, and I do think that in some areas in the world, these concerns are quite valid and even in in Europe, but in aggregate in Europe, the exposure to commercial real estate is 7 to 9% of the loan book on average. And it's no longer like it was pre the financial crisis at say 14 or 15% of, of some banks, uh, which would have left them with a bit of a problem in, in case of a downturn in commercial real estate. But as I said earlier, right now also the capital positions are much better and the profitability of the banking system is better and more sustainable. So there's a better cushion to deal with this. Also, a large chunk of real estate loans was directly issued to the market, so it does not necessarily sit on balance sheet. It's more with asset managers globally. European banks, as I said earlier, have been heavily regulated, so they've been steering clear of concentrations and of the highest risks. I'm not saying that that doesn't bode well for systemic risk, but it may this time not reside with the banks. Banks in general have cleaned up their balance sheets, and that also means that they're far more localized in their exposure, so there should not be much exposure to the more concerning areas in real estate that are potentially in the US or in China. Not to say that there is no exposure to somewhat overheated commercial real estate markets like in Sweden, and certainly for the Swedish banks that's the case, but there's also some measures in place there. Also, in Europe, there has not been a broad-based real estate bubble, as was the case in the past, when Italy, Spain and Ireland had real estate bubbles that deflated almost at the same time. Actually, these countries look pretty sustainable now on the real estate side. So, yeah, it's more a few exceptions like Sweden, parts of German bank real estate portfolios and perhaps Switzerland. 
Finally, I would say that yeah, banks are rarely caught twice with the same problem. And these real estate issues have been brewing for a number of years. We already talked about this for China a couple of years ago. So if there are concerns, banks had plenty of time to build provisions and reserves. I'm not to say that we will not see any further issues here, but it doesn't seem an acute issue. Nevertheless, it will remain a team for into next year, I guess. I would just say that European bank asset quality remains benign. And, and once more, earnings should be supported by other drivers, as I explained earlier, and valuation leaves a lot of room as well to capture some setbacks in credit quality. Thank you very much, Rune. If I could summarize some of the key points that you made, you acknowledged certainly higher interest rates has helped profitability for the banks uh, significantly, but it's not just that. It's not just higher interest rates that's driving that profitability. Those earnings, banks have become more efficient. They have been reducing share counts thanks to buybacks, so that's been a support for EPS. And even on the interest rate front, you pointed out that the benefit from that is going to feed through for, frankly, a couple years to come. So it's not like that benefit has has been used up, uh, if you will. If we look at valuations, you also pointed out that even with that increase in earnings, prices actually haven't kept pace. So on a PE basis, price to earnings multiple, uh, actually they're quite attractive in your view. Of course, not everything uh, is without concerns. You highlighted a few of the risks that you see. Windfall profit taxes, of course, always the potential for further regulatory changes. But of course, regulation can be a benefit. And when you discuss risks from commercial real estate, number one, you pointed out that currently in aggregate, it's just 7 to 9% of loan books. But thanks to previous regulatory changes, capital positions are much higher and banks certainly much more resilient than they were during or before the global financial crisis. Well, Jeroen, thank you very much for joining me. It was a great pleasure, Daniel. That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. If you would like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out Viewpoint, our website for investment insights at viewpoint.bnpparibas-am.com. Just before we go, I'd like to mention that the Talking Heads podcast is available on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash BNPPAM slash playlist and tap or click on Talking Heads. You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Daniel Morris, and Jeroen Knoll. Please do join me next week. Until then, take care. This presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.